Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I am your host, Justin, and on today's episode, we are going to be learning about and diving into NGXS selectors and some special stuff around that. Should be pretty cool. Looking forward to it. Let's say hi to our panelists, then we'll meet our guests, and then we'll get into the content. Joining us today, we've got Mike. Mike, what's going on? Oh, Mike's mic is not ready. <laughs> Mike, turn your mic on. Sorry. I was bringing up the YouTube uh, chat, and I didn't want there to be an echo of you coming through from the audio. So, hi, Justin. How are you today? Happy to be here. I'm doing wonderful. Happy to have you, and I'm, I'm thankful for the non-echo of the YouTube channel playing on your machine while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa's with us. Alyssa, how's it going? Great. So excited to be here. Awesome. And Bonnie, Bonnie, what's going on? I am very excited uh, about the topic tonight and the guest who I'm not going to spoil. <laughs> I'm going to, I called on you last so that you could introduce him. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I will. Uh, everybody, Matt Carniato. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Um, very happy to be here. You're, this is your uh, second or third time on Angular Air. Actually, the first, the second time, the first one was about Angular Connect, uh, and I was Angular Houston as well. Yeah, and the Connect was like a panel discussion, right? And we were doing with a bunch of yeah, guests. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One day yeah, after I met right. <laughs> that was his debut. Debut. All right. <laughs> and now this is your episode. We're excited to have you. What do I? Tell our viewers a bit about yourself, what you got going on, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have a slide for that, actually, uh, just to introduce myself. But uh, so uh, I'm an Angular architect uh, in a startup in Belgium. I'm from Brazil, currently living in Belgium. Um, actually, currently living in Russia for, because of the quarantine. Um, so yeah, I'm also uh, part of the NGB organizing team. I'm writing for indept.dev. Uh, I'm also a coach for Hacker Future Belgium. Um, and recently, I, I was invited to be part of the NGXS uh, core team, which is a great team. Uh, I'm very passionate by NGXS. I think it's a very interesting approach uh, to state management. And that's what I want to share with you guys today. So have you cloned yourself? Because that's like a lot of stuff to be doing. That's awesome. How do you, how do you uh, find yeah. all that? To be honest, nowadays it's very difficult. But uh, my company, my company started working just three days a week uh, during the the Corona situation, and yeah, I had to fill my time with something. Now we are back full time, and I still have all these things to do. So <laughs> yeah, that's why. Awesome. All right, so NGXS. Um, I, I I can share my screen then to start. Do it. Looks okay. good. Looks good. We see it. Okay. Cool. So, as a, as I said, I think we can skip this one. No problem. Uh, so, why NGXS? Right. There is a lot of state management. I, I don't want to enter in any kind of discussions, one versus another. Um, I just want to show some reasons that I. This, uh, that brought me close to NGXS and why I like this uh, this approach. So it leverages 
TypeScript decorators to reduce the boilerplate. Um, it allows you to use Angular dependency injection inside your state. It's progressive in a way that you can have just a core state and add plugins to improve the, add new functionalities progressively. Uh, you don't need to bloat your software since the beginning and change completely your approach. And has a very great community. Uh, I started engaging more with the NGXS Slack channel and it's amazing. Uh, you, you post a question there and it's very hard to be the first one to answer because we just have a lot of amazing people answering there. So these are the reasons that brought me to NGXS a couple of years ago. Um, and so I, I think we can start. So the very base concept is very similar to other state managements. The is, is basically you have um, you have a, your visual components, and to when you change something, you dispatch an action uh, to your state. This action mutates your store, or can also fetch something from your backend. We have the concept of async actions, um, and then if you if you want to get something from your store to show in your component, you select a slice of your store. So it's very basic. So how, how we can start with NGXS? So it's a state management for Angular. So the base is you're using Angular to be able to use NGXS. And it's very simple. You just have to install the package. So npm install NGXS store save. And then you have to create your state. Your state is basically a class that you're going to decorate with the state uh, decorator. Right, so I have a small example here. So I just create an interface to describe how my state is. In this case, we're doing a to-do. Uh, it's just like a name string, com a completed boolean, and then our state is just this class that is injectable because we we can inject in in the in our components or services. And the real magic that transforms. Uh, add some metadata to this class to make it a state is this annotation. So a state is a generic of type to do array. Uh, I give a name that I'm going to see in my the, um, dev tools and the default in this case, just a, a array here. Then I just need to add this state to my root model. So I just do ngxs model uh, for root, pass my state. Uh, and I like to enable development modes when not in production. And what this does, it's going to raise a uh, error whenever you change your state in a no immutable way. So in production, you of course, you don't want your user to see your errors. But while developing, unless you have some library that enforces immutability, you can enable this flag just to be sure that you're not changing the state uh, in a no immutable way. Um, so I always enable this flag. So with this, you have your state run, right? But just having the state is not enough. Uh, we need to mutate the state somehow. And for this, we create actions. Actions in NGXS, they are simple classes with static with a static property type, uh, which is just a string of your of your action. Uh, I like. I really like this pattern of wrapping your actions in a TypeScript namespace. So in this case, I have a namespace to do actions, and then I can do to do actions dot loads or to do actions dot add 
when I use this, these actions. I'm going to show how to use these actions, but this is basically the definition. Uh, we have a simple action here, which is just a, a load, or you can have also action that receives a payload. In this case, our payload is described as arguments to our constructor of this class. So, okay, I have my actions, but how do I react to them, right? What, what happens when these actions are fired? So NGXS is very more inclined to, it's more based on CQRS. So it's really, you have commands and you have queries. Your commands are your actions and your queries are your selectors. So whenever you fire an action, you can have a handler for this, one or more handlers for this action. So inside our state, we can use again another decorator action at action, passing here the type of action, in this case to do actions at to do, and and then I have the handler, which is the function that's going to be run when this function uh, this action is dispatched. So ngxs is going to based on the the type of action that you that you dispatched is going to by reflection. Uh, find which handler has to be ran. So in this case, I'm just uh, um, completing a to-do, so I just have to set the complete to false, and then I update my state. Or I can also, in, in GXS, I can have a asynchronous action, and this is very simple. I can just, in the line eight here, inject my backend service as a Angular dependency, and then I can return an observable. And NGXS is going to automatically subscribe and unsubscribe to this observable after the first emission. So then with the pipe tap, I can update my state. So it's very clear. Yeah. Go ahead. Real quick. So will NGXS, since it automatically will handle an observable, will it also automatically handle promises or no? Yes. That's a very good question. Okay. Yes. So if you have something like uh, ng um, Angular router, and you're doing a navigation, you can return a promise, and also ngxs can handle promises same way. It's very good. very so, async friendly. So in this in this case, uh, you you can have either asynchronous or synchronous uh, actions, uh, and they and also uh, interesting thing with ngxs is that not necessarily your action has to result in a change in the state. You can have an action just to um, fire a banner or to show up a model or something like this. So this is uh, a small difference from other state dimensions. Okay, so now I have my action handlers. How can I dispatch these actions? Actually, it's very simple. We just need to inject the store uh, on the constructor. And this store is imported from NGXS uh, core. And then we can do this.store.dispatch. And when we dispatch an action, we actually passing a new instance of the action. Because if you remember, our actions are classes. So with this, NGXS can, by reflection, say, OK, this type of action, I can connect to these handlers. Or another example here, if I have a payload, I pass on the constructor of this action when I do the new statement. So with this. Uh, we already have actions and we can change our state. The next step, as I said, like we have commands to change the state or possibly uh, do some side effects. 
and then we can we have to withdraw this uh, information from the state. So this is what we call select. So it's very simple as well. You can use a decorator at select, and you basically pass to this decorator of a function that slices your state. In this case, I'm taking the to dos. This returns an observable uh, of to do array. And I can use this with a pipe async on the on the template or even uh, subscribe to it and, and do some changes. Another option is to inject the store. And then we can, for instance, create an observable completed that's going to return me only the completed to do's. So I can easily just pipe, since this is observable, I can just do a pipe map and filter the completed ones. Um, there is a way more extensive API for selecting. You can select a snapshot. You can select only once uh, if you want as well. But here, I, I decide to show just the more uh, normal use case because I, I really want to show the real deal about selecting stuff, which is not with this store.select. It's really uh, leveraging selectors, which is the next slide. Uh, so basically, what's a selector? Selector is a memoized function that slices your state for you. The cool thing about selectors is that they, they're automatically recalculated when you do changes on the state, and they are automatically memoized. So you're never going to execute a selector more than once unless needed. So how we can create selectors? Very simple. Again, another decorator. You can see that NGXS is heavily reliant on, on decorators to, to eliminate a, a bit of boilerplate. So we just have to say to decorate with uh, add selector. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Can I jump in? and Because I want to add something here. This was really confusing for me when I first learned NGXS, the selector. Mm -hmm. Because I was working with uh, Austin uh, when he was writing this. We had switched over from uh, NGRX and we were writing actions and, and all that kind of stuff. And the selector was something I, like I didn't understand where that was coming from. And when he said memoization, I, I had not even heard of memoization before this. And Austin had to explain it to me. Can you uh, explain to us what the memoization is? Because it was very mysterious for what me. I was like, where the heck is this spot, coming Ronnie? from? And I know it's something that that comes in from. Huh? <laughs> no. I know because this was well. And I mean, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, and he's telling us what it does, but I just wanted to elaborate a little bit more because this was something confusing for me. Yeah. It's just, so it's just the idea, the know? idea of memoization, and I'm going to give a very simple explanation here, right? So the idea is if you have a pure function, which is a function that only relies on its inputs to, so for the same, so the same inputs, you have the same results, uh, you can memoize this function, which means you can, cache the result of this function using the inputs as a, as a key. So for the same inputs, you don't have to rerun the function because you already know what the result will be. So you can already return the result, right? So that's what memoization does. It creates a hash map based on the inputs with the results that were calculated before. So unless the, the inputs of this function change, you have no reason to recalculate. You can just re retrieve this from memory. That's what memorization is. And usually- you And I think the thing that was crazy for me was it's doing it for you. 
So you don't even have to do anything. It just it just handles all that for you under the yeah. hood, which is actually really nice because you get uh, state management and it's really not that much code, which is really why NGXS is nice. I think that's why it's become popular is because it's not that much code really that you need. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Sorry. I, Go ahead. <laughs> no, no problem. Uh, I, I definitely think that uh, the the beautiful thing is the selectors in state management, uh, especially in NGXS. I'm going to show some advanced um, examples that where they really shine. But indeed, everything goes boils down to having this automatic memoization that you don't have to really care about it. Uh, the framework does it for you. So a good example here is like, if I want to get completed, instead of doing all that RxJx magic in the front end, I can just create a selector here using add selector that's going to filter my to-dos. And interesting, uh, interesting thing is that inside the selectors, I don't have to think uh, reactive. So I don't have to put pipes and maps because here I just get the state and I, I build a synchronous pure function, right? So it's very, it's, it's way simpler than the code that I showed before. So if you, if you see here, you have to know that you have to put a pipe and have to do a map and 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 do and finally you do your filter right when you do this in a selector you can just do like a very simple synchronous code and this is memoized for you so in this case unless the reference of the state changes or you have some change in the state this this uh, the result of the selector will never change so even if i have multiple components subscribing to the selector it's always going to be returning the memoized um, that in the in the further examples i'm going to show how we can improve improve a little bit more how we we do this memorization to avoid even more running unnecessary calculations before you so, move on yeah. I, I, have a, I have a quick question so you have the get completed method or function on the inside the to-do state class yeah and down below where you're using it on line 16 it looks yeah. like it's using it as a static method there. Yeah, I think I think there is a, a small mistake here. It's a it's a static. It should be static. static. Okay, that ma that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think I have a small typo on my on my slide here. Thanks for pointing no, out. No, that's not. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, it's a static, definitely. Yeah. Cool, and that makes sense for okay. uh, your method. Yeah. So. Now, important thing to note here is that when you declare a selector inside a state class, uh, you have automatically injected the container state, right? Uh, this can can have some uh, issue, or can cause you some issues. So uh, in the next slides, I'm going to show how we can improve this because sometimes you want to have a selector that relies only a small slice of the state instead of the whole state. But we can, we can improve this um, and, and I'll show how. So then as soon as you create this selector, don't forget about the static uh, flag there. Uh, nice point. Uh, and then we can use the select um, decorator on your components and pass a selector. So that's why it needs to be static because we're not instantiating a new to-do state. We're just using the function. And we're going to have our completed uh, observable here. Or we can also use with our this.store.select in a more uh, declarative way 
if you don't want to use the, the decorator to simplify your life. Uh, I, I personally like the fact that uh, for some components that only breathe from the star, you don't even need to inject the star. You can just have uh, your selects in the beginning of your component, right? So this is basically how to use InjectSS, right? So it's basically you have this, this state, which is a class, and you can register action handlers, dispatch actions using the, the star, or and select using uh, this add select notation, right? Can I ask a question really quick about unit testing? Yes. So like in that case, uh, I like the point that you, you just brought up. Answer. You, you guys are so amazing because you, you guys you guys are really asking things that I, I'm prepared for. So that's amazing. <laughs> cool. Uh, so that uh, line 16, where you just mentioned it, like the simplicity of that makes it so that you don't have to inject the store into your component, right? Um, mm -hmm. So if I was going to unit test that, then I guess the approach would be that if I needed to mock out the get completed, I would just, in my unit test, mock the to-do state get completed method for that class, spy on it or whatnot, and say, hey, I'm going to return this value. And then I'd be able to test my component with mocking that part out, right? Exactly. You, you don't need to create a store, initialize, and inject in your constructor. You you can just do component instance dot completed and pass a mock-up server. So this also makes it easier for you. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, the selectors are also a very good way to improve your unit testing, but uh, we, we'll get there in a minute. So just a quick um, suggestion before uh, we move to the, to the main thing, which is NHXS has uh, Mike, uh, Mark Whitfeld had this uh, very interesting feature to add it in the 3.4, I think, uh, version of NHXS, which is state operators, because whenever you doing working with states and you want to just change one slice of the state you always have to to do some spreading and be careful that you only changing what you want if you want to keep it immutable right so in, from the 3.4 version of ngxs we have state operators which is just very simple pure functions that allow help you to to update your state immutable uh, in an immutable way very simply so we have all these guys. We have insert icon, remove icon, update icon, and append for dealing with uh, arrays. And we also have patch and compose to to uh, patch to to mutate your objects and compose if you want to do more than one of these guys at the same time. And you can also create your custom ones. We actually have a thread on GitHub with some uh, community built uh, custom uh, operators that are very interesting. And the, the most voted ones, they, they might make to the core of NGXS. So just to, to show, um, so before uh, what I did, maybe I can even show for what I did when I, when I was changing my action. So you see, when I'm adding a, a completing a to-do, I have to spread my state here because I, I don't want to change anything else that was the state. In this case, it's a very simple state, but when you have a state with multiple properties, I have to spread my state and be sure that I'm only adding one to do, right? Uh, when, I, when, I have, when I use state operators, sorry for the back and forth, 
uh, I can just say update item. So I'm going to update just the item that has this ID. This is a selector. And then from that item, I don't want to update the name or anything else. I just want to update completed. So I can just patch that object, passing only the, the, the changed object to, to patch. So this creates a way more readable semantic when you're doing your changes on the state. Yeah, so that's this really, really nice ergonomics for that API. Because if you ever gone down and like you could imagine that your state object could get buried deep in, in nested properties, right? And to just update one piece in one thing way down the tree can be a lot of verbosity. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> Throwing it yeah. out, right? Very verbose. Yeah. <laughs> Very verbose. It's a 50 cent word. There we go. Uh, very no. verbose to update that one property just to write the code to get there. And so now these helper uh, methods make that really nice, clean, elegant. That's awesome. Yeah, there is another big advantage is since you can do a sync, a sync functions, a sync operations in your actions, if you take your state before your asynchronous action and then you use this snapshot of the state to spread when you set your state after your sync function, this state might have changed by another action, right? So this kind of inconsistencies, if you're using this state operators, you're always getting this latest snapshot of your state to make these operations. So you don't need to to, to care about this. The, the state operators will do that through. So, it's like the memoization, right? It, the, the framework yeah. provides that for us. We don't even have to think about it, but we get this magic yeah. awesomeness. Yeah, that's cool. There is, there is another interesting thing Mark told me to, to make it clear here, is that these state operators, they don't need to be used only with set state. So basically, they can be used even without NGXS, because they basically, uh, you basically pass, when you do patch completed, you can, it's a, it's a generic, so you can pass a, a generic here of your object, object, and basically returns a function that tells you how to update your object. So possibly you could even use these state operators to keep immutability in other parts of your code that's not exactly NGXS. So they are very, very powerful. Uh, so this was just an addendum because I really like this feature to, to make your code very readable. Now comes the, the big guy. I think it's going to take a bit of time to start up on Stackblitz. Usually it takes. I have it running on the side. Can you guys see? Yes. Okay. So I did a, a to do a to do app is like almost everybody does, and it's very good to show very the basic things. But it's not enough to show the power of selectors, which I really want to talk about. So I did um, an interesting app. So with all the COVID situation, I start cooking more and more at home, trying to be more healthy and not uh, get super fat with all things. Uh, and the, trick, the trickiest thing is to make a shopping list based on the recipes that you want to cook, right? So I decided to make this very simple app where you can filter by which meal you want to see your recipes. And I can't believe you, can you didn't put them. carrot pancakes on there, Matt. Uh, I just did them recently, but they are amazing. <laughs> There's a picture so, on his Twitter and it looks really good. So you can filter them here and add the recipes that you're planning for that week. You have a counter here, and then you can either clear a list if you're not satisfied, or you can view 
the shopping list, you can print screen this, go to the markets, and you're sure that you're buying everything you need. So it's a very simple app, but really helps to demonstrate um, some of the, the, the ideas that I want to bring with the stock. So basically, we're going to be building these features in each slide. Oh, no, we have to render here. So just to, to start. OK, but before we do, what's an what's Sorry? To an egg. Well, on the, the shopping part, you're talking about eggs in UN units. So I was just curious, what, what does that Unity. mean? One UN egg. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Like, I was like, what is this like missing uh, egg term? One unit. <laughs> okay. Hey, Matt, Fergus wants to know uh, why there's no recipe for mammoth curry. Mammoth curry. Uh, I didn't try this one yet. Uh, Don't mind him. But... He's a troublemaker. <laughs> it's an obscure ingredient. But we love him, though. He d he asks really good questions, and, and he's just here to give us a hard time. <laughs> so uh, the model for this, this guy is very simple. So I basically have a recipe recipe state model with a recipes array and the selected recipes, which is just an array of IDs. And then just describe here what's a recipe uh, and what's an ingredient, because I, I need the structure, and also the, the types that I can have of recipe. So it's very simple. Um, so let's start with this app. So before, before I start with the features, I just want to to, to show some adjustments that uh, I recommend for when using selectors heavily in NGXS. So by default, like, like I showed you guys, um, I, have, I can define my selectors inside by state, and this is good and all, but I always going to have my state injected as the first argument. This means that my memoization is based on the reference of the state. So whenever I change anything in the state, since I'm keeping my state immutable, I'm going to updates the reference of the state, and our selector is going to be recalculated. That's not exactly what we want, but we can improve that. So we can go to NGXS options and set two options. Uh, these options for now in the version 3.6, which is the, the current version, they, are, they come as true by default but they're going to be false by default on the, ver the, the next version, 3.7. Uh, so and these options are suppress errors. So by default, whenever you have an error in your selector, it's just going to return undefined in, in your stream. That's not what we want when we're going to start using uh, selectors extensively because we want to know what's the, the issue with our select so we can fix it. And the second one is injector, inject container state false, because I don't want my container state to be injected implicitly all the time, because I want to be more strict in what, what are the parameters of memoization that I'm going to use in my selectors, right? So setting these two guys to false, we have to adjust. So just these two guys, and I have to adjust my selectors to work with this. Because now, since my, my selector is not injecting the state by default, I have to pass my dependencies to my selector. So the selector, the curator, receives an array uh, with my dependencies. In this case, the, oops, sorry, the recipe state. And then this is going to be the first argument. So here, I didn't change 
uh, I'm still relying on the state. I just wanted to show that changing that flex to false, we need to do this change. Another recommendation that I have is to structure selection selectors outside of from outside of the state. Why? Because as your state grows, you're going to have more and more selectors. Hopefully, you should at least, and your state file can become very large uh, and grow out of control. So with NGXS, we since these selectors are nothing more than static pure functions, we can extract this to a state selectors class, right? So this I just create a new class in another file, and I have here I have the static the uh, static um, Mike, I didn't forget here. Uh, and it's the same syntax. I just declare in another class. And since this parent class is not a state, I always have to explicitly tell what are my dependencies. So setting the flag, if you have a couple, a couple selectors inside your state, you should set this flag to false and do explicitly your dependencies. If you have your selector already in an external class, nothing's going to be injected anyways because there's no container state. So you have to, to use this notation here. So this, this is just like a preparation to start using. And then to use is the same as before. We're just passing a static method from the state selectors class. So not a, not a big change there. So just uh, some uh, recap from this, this point. Enable your selector errors, control your dependencies, and structure selectors to their own class because they become way more easy to test. So if you look here, this is a class with static functions, which are pure functions. So testing this, you don't even need test bad or create your model. You can just test as a pure JavaScript function. So it's very, very easy to test, right? So that's why I like to extract them. And also is a separation of concerns. You have a if you need to change any of your selectors, you have a file for it. You can easily find your selectors there. You you also avoid your state uh, class to grow out of control. So having, uh, having would it be fair to say that you you also get this ability to do these composition selectors, where you say you have two pieces of state, right? Your recipes and maybe something else from somewhere else, because that takes in an array of state objects or state classes. Yeah. You could inject in two different state objects and then make a composition selector that pulls data from both. Exactly. That that's what we're going to touch in the next point. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> so yeah, well, you have great content. I'm just helping to set it up. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you are amazing, man. Actually, I, I, I'm happy to come back to Angular anytime. Uh, but indeed, see why we keep him around. He's handy. Yeah, but indeed, uh, a big advantage here that I'm not going to show is that you can actually pull two, two different states. So you can have a meta selector, as we call in NGXS, where you pull like a preference state and recipe state and create a selector out of these two states. Because this, this class is, is a third file, is a third class, so you don't have any container state injected here. You can just pull two different states or even selectors from other states. So that's what we're going to touch next. So. The first feature, I'm going to do this, uh, show these three cases, uh, building features of this app that I showed to you guys. So the first one will be the recipe count. So as we select our recipes, I want to just show a count of these recipes, right? So a very 
initial approach, like let's do the simplest way as possible. I just, okay, now I know how to create selectors and I know that selectors are, are memoized, so they're very good. I can just come here and create another selector. I take my recipe state, uh, call it select count, and, and then I just take my selected recipes dot length. So not, nothing wrong with this, but we still can improve a little bit. Because what happens here, since this guy relies on the state, when any change on the state is going to recalculate this count. But what we actually want is that this count is only recalculated if selected recipes change, right? So how can we improve this? And this is exactly what Justin said. We can compose selectors, right? So basically I have a, a selector here for state.recipes and I have a selector for selected recipes. And then I can create a third selector that gets this state selectors selector, selected recipe. And then I, based on only the selected recipes, I return the count. The bigger difference here is this, the selected recipe selector will only emit if the result is different than the previous result. And this is based on reference. In this case, is uh, is a reference of object. So even if my state reference change, if the the reference of the property selected recipes didn't change, this selector will not emit. What this gives us is that the selected counts is going to have is going to to be a selector that only emits if the count the selected recipes array changes. So we can limit. A, a little bit how how many uh, how we do our memorization because now our memorization is on top of just selected recipes not on the whole state so this is very easy to to be seen um, so in this case even when i select a, a new recipe here i have my my recipe updated but if i move to another tab my this this selector is not uh, emitting because it's not recalculated. I'm not changing my my recipes. And how to yeah, use this guy? Okay, it is is the same way that I showed before. You can use just add select selected count, and, and that's it. And because you broke that down into smaller pieces, right? And and you mentioned mm -hmm. each of these are pure functions. If we wrote a unit test around that one that you have highlighted right now, all we have to do is pass the selected recipes object yeah. into it. We don't have to mock out the entire state to test that one function, which is awesome. Exactly. Uh, I, another another cool thing is that when you build selectors like this, you're kind of creating an API for your feature. So if you have a, a ng-access state for each one of your features and you only ex expose actions and selectors, your consumer doesn't need to know the structure of your state. It just know that he can take these properties, right? So if, if later you have to refactor your state and change your state structure, you create this very nice facade that isolates your state, your, your consumer from the, your state structure. So you can, if, if you keep the, the, the contract of your selectors intact, you can change your state structure and that don't impact any of your consumers. So this is a very nice pattern to have.
I want to just uh, piggyback on that comment because I had a conversation a while back with Mike Bryan and a couple other people who were talking about this concept of facades. And, and a lot of people think in terms of, I need to wrap my state management in a facade to uh, abstract that layer, right? But if we really get down to it, exactly what you just explained, the, the state library can provide that facade experience by the mm -hmm. actions are the methods and the selectors are the getters. And that becomes our facade that we already have, like, you know, and because it's mm -hmm. decoupled separated a, a bit, you know, with that API signature, then, then that really is a facade that we can utilize and, and mock and do all the things we need to do in terms of what we think about for a facade. Yeah, exactly. So if you have a big application, like a, let's say you have an NX monorepo with multiple features and libraries, you can just expose uh, on your index, uh, in your index.ts, only your selectors, your selector class in this case, and, and your actions. And you don't have to know anything about that state, how it's handled, what, how, how is the action handlers, how is the structure of the state. It just use the facade, which is your selectors and actions. So this is this really boils down to the concept of SecureRS, which is you have commands and queries, and how everything is handled inside is a black box for you. So it's that's a very nice separation of concerns. When you when you combine this with the high high testability of selectors, it's very easy to have a consistent uh, test. If you change your state and you have your test assuring the contract of your selectors, you just have to fix your, your code to match your test and your contract is preserved. So none of your consumers have to update their code. So I recently refactored a big code that we have in my company with NGXS. And since we use selectors Revly, we could change the structure of the state and break it smaller bits and make it more, um, more readable without having to change any of the dump components that I have in my UI because they are using selectors. So I just need to keep the contracts. And a lot of times when it comes to selectors, there's a lot of business logic that could end up at that level, right? Where you have to determine this combination of data returns, right? And so by putting that into the selectors, you, like you mentioned, you have that nice isolation where at the component level, at that application level, that thing doesn't even have to be touched and you can fine tune the underlying business logic as, as needed. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I, I usually think of selectors as the home for your business logic, because then it's very easy to test, uh, as we discussed. And if you have your business logic here, your your dumb components can be extremely dumb, and they don't have to think how for each change on your state you have to recalculate something. So selectors give you the control to say when your business logic has to be recalculated. And also memorize this to you to avoid recalculating things that don't, doesn't need to be recalculated. So it's a very good home for your business, the business logic of your application. It's so funny to me because when I sit here and look at this code, I just it makes me think of Austin McDaniel. And I remember being so frustrated with him when I first saw the selectors because I was working with him on a project and uh, he was writing these selectors everywhere. And I kept going, what is this? Where is this coming from? And I didn't understand uh, because he wasn't there wasn't anything going on. And uh, and then he explained, oh, I wrote this library and I was like, oh, I need to know that. Uh, but the thing is, it was frustrating because he didn't explain it to me and I kept stumbling across it and getting confused. But once he showed it to me and how it works, uh, it really was beautiful. And the the it's like you were saying, the components 
really were very small, uh, not that much code. It was really nice code. Yeah, uh, the, the two takeaways from this for me is uh, you can control, when you compose selectors, you can really control, fine tune when they are recalculated and that recalculate only when needed. Uh, and also reduce your code repetition, because if you have a selector to take your completed, uh, your, your selected recipes, in this case, it's just doing dot .length, but you, if you have a more complex selector, you don't need to rewrite this code. You just need to reuse the selector in another selector. So you can really break your code in small reusable bits. So this, these are the two main takeaways of this, this section. The next one is adding, uh, creating a, uh, the shopping list, right? So it's just like I add my my action, my my things, and I can see the shopping list. So initial approach. Uh, actually, before the initial approach, I, I just wrote this very ugly function here just to show that sometimes our business logic can be very tricky and full of uh, finds and maps and reduce and all. So this is just like to, to retrieve the shopping list using selected recipes and my recipes, right? So this clearly, this looks like I have very limited amount of recipes, but if you have something like my fitness ball, we don't want to run this every time, right? We only want to run this when really needed. So but from now on, we're going to call this just retrieve shopping list. I just want to show like, uh, get, sometimes your business logic can be this a bit more complex code, right? So uh, our initial naive approach for this would be, okay, uh, wait, I think I jumped too much. Uh, I'm going to select recipes, right? I'm going to select, se select my selected recipes. And then in the UI, I'm going to do a combined latest of these two because my two slice, I'm using selectors, I'm still using selectors, but to uh, combining on the UI, and then I have to put a pipe and do a map and then apply this function. What's the problem here? Uh, whenever I have a new emission, I'm going to do all these RxJx for if I change my recipes or if I change my recipe, uh, my selected recipes, this is always going to run. There's no memoization, right? And on top of that, I have to have no should I use combined latest? Should I use fork join? Should I use zip? Or map is, is good enough for me? Or should I do something else? So there is a lot of our XJX flying here, right? We can remove almost all of it just using selectors. So remove to selectors. In, in the selectors world, everything is synchronous, right? Because we're always dealing with snapshots. So it's very simple. We can create a selector that gets our two previous selectors, recipes and selected recipes. And then I have these two guys here and I just apply my function. Advantage of this, it's very easy to unit test, right? Because I just have to mock two arrays. And second, uh, I'm memoizing this. So unless I change my recipes, or I change the selected recipes, I don't need to retrieve a new list. So even if I have when I when I do something like a sync, pipe a sync in the in the UI, if I have a, a refresh because of a parent component or something like this, I would 
in, in the other approach, I would have to recalculate this. Or if I navigate to another page and come back, I would always be doing my NGO and it and recalculating this guy. If this isn't a selector, it's memoized. Even if I navigate to another page and come back, it's going to return in, in one uh, clock, it's going to return the result because it's memoized, right? Unless I change one of the input parameters. Right, so I, just, I just want to call, call out really quick for our viewers and listeners. Uh, rewind that and, and listen to that part again because there's a nice golden nugget in there for uh, like what that benefit is. And it takes a minute to sink in. So just after we're done, go replay it, listen to that one moment again because um, that scenario with the async pipe and stuff is, is a great point. So takeaways, keep, you, it really helps to keep your presentational components very dumb. You just have to select a selector. You don't need to put a lot of RSGX uh, mumbo-jumbo there. Uh, improves your maintainability because, yeah, you have one place to change your code. Uh, and also reduce the need of manipulating streams. You, you can build your code more synchronous instead of, should I use combined latest, fork join, or something like this? You can simplify your, your life a lot just moving your logic to selectors. And the last one, this is a very interesting one. The other benefit, because uh, we talked on uh, testing as well, is that it improves testability. It's a lot easier to test the service or a static class than it is to test the yeah. component. So, yeah, definitely. Testing. The last one is one that uh, I really, really like, and I think is uh, quite unique for NGXS. Um, so, we're going to be building this filter by type. Because sometimes, in this case, uh, we have a, a state on the component, which is what's the tab that's selected. And we want to match this with something in the state, right? So a very naive approach would be, let's save my filter in the state, right? So I create, uh, I can create another uh, selector. I'm not showing here, like, we have to create an action set filter. We have to save this filter on the, on the state. Uh, this this kind of implicit here, and then we can once we have the state the filter on the state, which is this guy here, uh, we can create a selector that takes the recipes the filter. So we're doing a composition of selectors, great. But we have to save this filter, which is a very local state of your components in the state in the global state, to be able to do something like this to filter by type. Gladly, there is a better way of doing this. We can use a lazy selector. So a lazy selector is basically a selector that returns a function. The cool thing, so in this case, I'm just injecting recipes. It's the only thing I need. And I return a function that gets the, fi the filter, which is a reset type, and does the filtering for me. There is a very interesting point here, which is the, the function that returns the, the selector that returns a function is memoized based on recipes. And the inner function is memoized based on the filter, which means for the, if I pass the same value for filter, this inner function that's right, highlighted right now also going to be memoized. So we have a double memoization here, and we don't even need to, to know about memoization, right? That, that's very great. So with this, what we can do in our, in our components, we can just select our get recipes by type function, which is going to return our observable of a function. 
and then we can just use the, the we can have a filter on the bump component instead of saving our state we can just keep this state on the on the component and of, of course when we select we have to save in the in the in the state of the component and then in the in the template we can just unwrap with pipe sync or you can use something like rx angular which has a, a rx let which is better than a pipe sync in this case uh, to get your function and apply on the filter. So the cool thing here is the filter never makes to the global state. It's a local state of your component. Your, your global state and your energy access state doesn't need to know about filter. It just provides a function that you can run for different filters, right? And this function is memoized. So even if you go back and forth on these tabs, it's going to run only once for each tab. After this, it's memoized. You don't need to calculate this anymore, right? So this is a very interesting way. Uh, and this can be used as well if you have a structure. Uh, like I had a case where I had a tree, a tree table that had a structure that, that could not be immutable because I need to keep reference of all the nodes all the time. Uh, so what I did, but I needed to update some nodes eventually using my state. So I just had a, a, lace, uh, a lace selector that returned me how to update a node based on the ID. And I could keep in my visual components this huge tree structure. And I just passed the ID to this function to update each node. So there is very interesting things that you can do with lace selectors. So basically, how to uh, think, take a ways to leverage lace selectors, which are very great. There is other types of selectors in NGXS as well that are not covering here, but this is one that is very dear to me. Uh, you only run your code when needed, because again, you, you take a next step on your memoization. You're memoizing not only the selector, but also the inner function from your selector. Uh, and if I never change my, my filter here, if I never, if I load my app and I'm in all, and I never go to, to the other filters, I'm never going to run for these other filters, right? Uh, so I avoid running the same code twice because I have double memoization. And you keep your state lean. You, instead of adding everything to the state, because this is something that happens. Sometimes you start using state management and you, you just put everything on the state, right? Because you have to, to use this in your selectors, you have to use this in other place. Uh, with this, it's very you can keep your state lean and only put in your state things that really need to be shared in, in a no parent child um, fashion. There is a bonus tip. Uh, it's a very small one, uh, but yeah, with NGXS you can use the Redux Dev tools as well. Uh, I I start putting this on my slides because we see this question very often in the Slack for NGXS because. They know that NGRX has it and other state managers has it. Uh, NGXS also has, and it's very simple to do. You just have to add uh, install uh, NGXS DevTools plugin. And then you can add the plugin. You give it a name just to show in the, in the extension. And I recommend disabling for production. So no one can mess around with your state in production. And you can use the regular extension that Redux has. Um, as a left tools. So just a quick recap, 
uh, of things that uh, I think is the main takeaways of this talk. Um, use use TypeScript namespace for your actions. It's very nice to create. Uh, it's like creating a barrel file for your actions. So it's very, you just have to import, it creates a very nice out-complete for your actions. Uh, use state operators to make your code more readable. And also you don't have to care if you're really updating only what you want. It's way more simple semantic. Adjust your selection options just to be sure uh, that you're not injecting the container state where you don't want. Structure selectors to their own class. This makes it more testable separates, uh, has a better separation of concerns, and also you makes a good house for your business logic. Composer selectors, so you can separate in smaller bits your, your code, so you don't have to repeat yourself, and you can really reuse this logic and be sure that this logic is only run when needed. Move your business logic to the selectors. We've talked uh, several times, uh, Mike and Austin also made very convincing points how this becomes more testable and how to create this facade where you can really have an easy contract that decouples the state structure from the API that you're building your, with your selectors. And the last one, leverage lace selectors to keep your state lean and be sure that you only calculate, um, you only run a business logic for things that really needs to be run instead of running for, for all the options if the user never calls them. I'd like to thank you the the opportunity. Um, also, thank you the NGXS core. We have a I have a, a nice image that I would like to share here. This is also our NGXS core uh, around the world. The NGXS team map. Thanks to Alexei for for building this. Um, we're working very hard to bring new features. Uh, the version four is going to be very interesting. We also improving our documentation. To, to make it more accessible. Uh, yeah, try try NGXS out and ping us on Slack. Uh, we're going to be very happy to bring you guys. That's all. Awesome, very awesome. All right, well, we're at the top of the hour, so let's uh, do some final picks if anybody has any picks, and then we'll wrap it up. I see hands are being raised, Bonnie's hand raised. Uh, first, our panelist. Oh, we'll start with Bonnie. Bonnie, uh, you got a pick or picks? I have two really, really quick picks. Uh, first one is Angular Air episode 153, which actually, quick trivia, was the debut of NGXS with Austin McDaniel and Danny Blue back in uh, 2018. And my second pick is uh, Mark Whitfield, who actually just jumped into our chat. Uh, he took over uh, the uh, NGXS project when uh, Austin left and also brought in Matt Carniato. And Mark Whitfield is really a nice guy, uh, super sweet. Uh, I, I, I think everybody I've ever known that knows Mark just thinks he's a great guy, and he's really nice. So uh, the uh, uh, support team on NGXS is really good if you ever have any questions. So uh, Matt, tell Mark we said hello. Well, he's here in the chat, so everybody say hi to Mark Whitfield. And nice. great show, Matt. Thank you. Nice. All right, Mike, Alyssa, you got any picks today? or? I do, Mike, you mind if I go? Awesome, uh, thank you, Matt, so much for coming on. I'm about to head over to the Twitch channel, Code It Live, to do some UI stuff, so come hang out. Awesome.
Mike? I just have a reminder pick. I picked it, I may have been two weeks ago. Uh, now the Umbrella Academy coming out. I'm super excited. It gets released in two days um, on Netflix. So season two, be sure to check that out if you haven't already. It's a pretty cool show. Nice, nice. All right, our guest, Matt, did you have any picks that you want to share? I have two, actually. Uh, one of them is not super new, but uh, I'm very happy that I start reading is a book. It's actually a series of books. Uh, the first one is called We Are Legion, We Are Bob. So it's a fiction book in a dystopian future. Um, so it's very cool for someone that likes tech. It's very, very interesting. It's extremely captivating. It's it's incredible. I really recommend. Uh, there's three books. Uh, it's a trilogy, but it's incredible. I could not stop reading it. And the second book, since we uh, Mike said about uh, Umbrella Academy, uh, I would recommend Dark. Dark just uh, aired the third and final season on Netflix, and it's mind blowing. Like if you like time travel, if you, uh, it's amazing. And it's a German show, so the production is very unique. So I highly, highly recommend. Um, these are my picks. Nice, nice. I'll have to add that to my watch list, another one of the many ones that I have, along with Umbrella Academy. But awesome. Hey, Matt, uh, thanks again for coming on the show, sharing your time, sharing your knowledge. We really appreciate it, and it was great having you on. And really look forward to having you on in the future, too, if you have any other time you want to come back. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. Thank you. Awesome. All right, that's a wrap. Have a good one, everyone. Catch you next time. See ya. Cheers.